Pearl Milling Company? Like, here's There's... what I would say. Here's what I say. You literally had to look down. You've been talking about that <laughs> I know. For, for five minutes and it's so damn immemorable. You were yeah. like, what the hell company are we talking about? <laughs> Welcome to episode number 34 minus two. That's episode 32 of the Promo Upfront <laughs> podcast. That's right. 32. We've done of these. We've done 32 of them. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, the Lieutenant of Logo Adjustment, the Chief Executive of the Executive Order, the Sergeant of the Super Bowl ad, the one and only Dr. Kirby. Hossman Kirby, how are you today? I am doing really well. I like those titles, by the way. Those are really good. Uh, no, I'm doing well. Just uh, trying to get back into the swing of things after, you know, kind of, I always say that, you know, President's Day is a great holiday. I would like very much for them to coincide that for President's Day to be the day after the Super Bowl so that the day after the Super Bowl was actually a holiday and everybody yeah. could sleep off their alcohol and over fooding. So it, but other than that, I'm doing great. How about you? Agreed. It should be a national holiday, Kirby. I couldn't agree more. We had about four of the kids' friends here, um, kind of a last hurrah with them being at home for the Super Bowl. And I cooked, I don't know, I smoked 100 chicken wings, two pounds of this, four pounds of that, and, and no food was left over afterwards. <laughs> so it awesome. made me feel really good. But you yeah. know what else makes me feel really good, Kirby? What's that, Bill? I'll be a good pals over at Promo Pulse. I want to ask you a question, Kirby. Mm -hmm. Where are you getting your ideas, your inspiration, and your information? <laughs> Uh, my wife, but other than my wife, I would go with Promo Pulse. Well, let's. Your opinion matters, but let's get an unbiased testimonial, shall we? Okay, I think that would be smart. <laughs> Here's a testimonial. I love having a really easy place to check in. It's just like checking a pulse. Pretty much any time I pick up my phone, I check my Promo Pulse. It's easy inspiration. Promo Pulse takes the giant tornado of promo information flying above and funnels it into one nice little app. Kirby's showing it on his screen right now. It's a great app. We really implore you. And I know, Kirby, you've used the Promo Pulse app since day one, as I have, and yep. you're a big fan. I am a big fan. And it really, again, the idea of putting it all in one place is exactly right. I think the specials and what I like is also that you can decide who you follow and sort of the content that you into. So if you have a preferred list of suppliers, you can make sure that you're following not only their specials, but their content. Yep. And I, I really like that you kind of curate your message that way. I do too. All you have to do is download that Promo Pulse app. It's really your one-stop shop for all things in the promotional products industry. It's convenient. It's free to use. Kirby just talked about that personalized experience. You can sign up for the Daily Pulse to get ideas for your clients every single morning. That Alexa-enabled app where you can just simply say, Alexa, play some podcasts. Perhaps yes. the Promo Upfront podcast if you're so inclined. You can contact suppliers with just one click. You get those wrap-up weekly emails. You know, Promo Pulse really is the only way to get all the information you need to know, save time, and make money. Download that. Go to your local app store, Apple, 
uh, Google Play, whatever. Download that Promo Pulse app. All you need is a cell phone, and you already have one of those, don't you, Kirby? I, I think you do. Most people have excellent, two. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, Kirby, I want to thank, first of all, thank Promo Pulse for sponsoring this fine broadcast. Yes. Second of all, I want to thank you for having the courage to podcast on number 32. You looked a little confused when I mentioned the number of what podcast. I'm just trying did. to do how, do the math on how many months. That means we've been doing this for eight months. We've been doing this for eight months, Kirby. That's, That's right. crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> right? You know what else is crazy, Kirby? Our promo front topic this week, which okay. I have. So we always start with something promo related. Yep. This one's not much of a stretch either. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, you know, Joe Biden, since he's taken office, has kind of gone uh, hog wild with executive orders and <laughs> trying to put a stamp on his administration from day one. Yep. Not getting into the political part of that, but it's just a fact he yep. is. Yep. I don't know if you knew this. He signed a Buy American mm. executive order. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, I, I saw the headline. In the interest of transparency, I haven't read all the, the details. Okay. Well, let me fill you in, Kirby, as a responsible <laughs> news person I am. All right. Uh, the policy falls in line with a lot of the talking points we've used during uh, Legislative Education and Action Day on Washington, cool. D.C., for the past few years. What it does, it updates and refines the federal rules that require government agencies to give preference to U.S. firms, right? Mm -hmm. So the standards necessary for uh, departments in the United States government to make purchases, so on and so forth. But the big one, and the one that really leads into our industry and what we've been advocating for for lead for years, it does away with the current test used to identify American-made products and replace it with a test that measures the value added to the product by American workers after mm. the product is bought to the United States. Like I said, this is something we've been preaching for years that you know, this writing instrument that I'm showing you from Gold Star right now is a great writing instrument. It might be made in Mexico, it might be made in the United States, it might be made in Paraguay, it might be made in China. Where the values added is when the decoration is put on, because that's when it becomes an advertising vehicle. And so that's something we've advocated for mm. for years in the promotional products industry uh, when yeah. we've gone up there. So it essentially forces the uh, government to reconsider what establishes a made in America product. So I have a couple of questions for you. Yeah. I'm just going to go one by one so as yep. not to confuse either one of us. And I, I can answer, or you can answer, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Is this good, bad, or doesn't matter for the industry? Oh, I, I mean, again, I, I think you're, this is an easy answer. This is outstanding yeah. for the industry. And the idea that you've been, if it weren't good for the industry, it would have been weird if you guys have been talking about it for the last five years at least, yeah. right? Uh, but no, I think, and I think it's, of course, like many of the, the individual pieces that are made, they might be made outside the United States, but I love the point that the value piece is added here and, yeah. and it does employ American workers to do that. Yeah. So I think that I think makes sense. Only the only, you know, just like everything else with the government, there's always a gotcha. Yeah. It's never black and white. So it's a, to me, it's good, but could cause some confusion. So you're, you're going to start getting products instead of having a sticker on it that says made in China, it's going to be hard stamped on the actual product that says made in China. Mm. So now if I decorate that here in Florida or uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, if I decorate that product, I can package it with a made in the USA mm packaging. I think it might cause a little confusion there. And my concern is that one rule begets 15 others, just yeah. like everything else in the government. I lean with you. Again, overall, it's good because you're adding value to a, a product. Mm -hmm. And that product is an American made value. Well, and I think, again, we can eliminate if, if to a degree, 
we would be creating the confusion to a degree because the product Correct. wasn't made in America. It no. was decorated. It was embellished. Correct. It was whatever. But that's if, the if, rules they're going to have to come up with. What yeah. language can you yeah. put on there? So but if you say that, is, problem yeah. solved. Is, is it good for suppliers? Is it good for distributors? Those are the other two questions. I, I think it's really good for suppliers. Um, yep. That would be my initial thing. And, it, and I'm, I'm happy for, for them. Um, yeah. I mean that in a good way. Um, I think it's good for distributors if we are intelligent and honest you know, again, not manipulative in the process. Um, it can be good for us, but I, I think it's really good for those um, folks who are doing, and honestly, I, the ones that come to mind are the ones that are doing both. Those folks that actually have a mix of uh, real, like yep. truly manufactured in the United States products mm -hmm. and then mix it with things that you're decorated. I feel like those folks then have a bit of a competitive advantage. That's what pops Yeah, in so I think from a supplier perspective, it's, it's bad for some, it's bad for ones that truly manufacture here in the United States. Right. They're going to lose some competitive advantage. Mm. Um, I think it's good for suppliers mm. and the fact that now, you know, for the suppliers that can decorate here, in the, that do decorate in the United States, you know, and whether they put labels on there that says decorated by, in the United yeah. States, altered in the United States, enhanced, whatever word they put on it, I think it's good for them. But um, in where I think it's bad is actually not bad. I think it's kind of a meh for distributors. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Unless you have specific clients, there are specific clients who absolutely care and need yes. something manufactured mm -hmm. and decorated in the United States. And this will color that a little bit. So where do people skirt the line? But the, the sad truth is, and every politician loves to say, we're going to bring jobs back to the United States. We're mm -hmm. going to bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States. The sad fact is the end user customer, most of them don't care about that. Mm -hmm. They say yeah. they do, right. but they speak with their wallets. And what they're saying is we want the highest quality at the lowest price. And a lot of times that price, because we don't have inherently in this country anymore, the manufacturing capabilities we had for decades, it is cheaper to manufacture things overseas. Sure. So I don't know if it's going to be this big boom <clears throat> for the distributors. I think over time it will as the rules shake out, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, I think you bring up some really good points. I, I Again, I think... In, 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 I think these things come in waves and shifts, right? I remember no when when the big conversation a hundred years ago, it was probably about a year ago when we were talking tariffs, right? And uh, every we, other week. Yeah, we, it was a, it was a big thing. Well, right then you're like, okay, it really matters, right? Yeah. It matters to talk about things that are domestically made. I, I think that's gonna be the case. Like, and and I would say, again, we're in different regions, but like in Appalachia, mm -hmm. there are certain clients. I deal with a lot of manufacturing clients, my client Absolutely. base, right? They care, right? right. And now, to a point, <laughs> they still have a budget to work within. So, right. so, but they might say, you know what, this thing, like this cap, whatever, this right. beanie, you know what, I'm willing to spend more on that. But we're right. doing the thing at the trade show, maybe we'll do something that isn't. So I think it depends. Yeah. I think overall, it's a really good thing. As long as the government does something they have a hard time doing, which is be very clear with what is made in the USA and what is yeah. decorated in the USA, because like those words absolutely matter. Yeah. And we need to be clear because what the biggest concern I have is fraud yeah. that people are saying, Oh, well, it's made in the USA because we decorated here. Well, that's not the case. Yeah. So I, I just hope that there's not that that's something I can get concerned about. And I would say <clears throat> the government, yes. Like it would be good if there was, but I, honestly, 
we are speaking to, to the industry to a degree, we need to self-police. Like if we, if we are honest and not manipulative about this, this will be great. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. But uh, as we know, that is a slippery slope. Yep. Fair enough. All right, Kirby. So great, great conversation there. What topic do you have for us? I mean, it feels like I would be tone deaf if I didn't talk about the big game and the Super Bowl ads. Um, you know, all I, right, we, all we can, right, all right. yeah, we can talk about the game too, if you want, but every no. year after, after the big game, yep. we kind of discuss just some of the ads that, that, uh, stood out to us. Um, you know, we talked, I think a little bit in it coming in advance of folks, you know, the idea that Pepsi was sponsoring the halftime show, but they weren't doing an ad. Budweiser was donating the money to do, um, uh, uh, vaccine rollout. Mm-hmm. And I think Coke didn't have an ad either. Um, yep. So I thought it would, we would be remiss if we didn't yes. discuss really quickly some of the Super Bowl ads that were hit. So thankfully I prepared. I don't know how you've categorized yours. I have the good, <laughs> okay, the bad, and the shit. Okay. So I just wrote a ahead. few I liked and one I didn't like. <laughs> no, that's great. You go, your, it's your topic. You roll, please. Well, why don't we go back and forth? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. one I liked was uh, No Way Norway with Will Ferrell. I, I have like, that down. You know, I like that one. I thought it was fun. I thought yeah. it was a, kind of a silly kind of idea of, you know, uh, kind of the idea that we need to up our game as a country of electronic or electric vehicles. And so yeah. I just thought that the cast was fun. I thought the yeah. idea that he ended up in the wrong country was funny. That one, that one was good storytelling. I thought. Anytime you get Will Ferrell involved, there's, it's usually a home run. Uh, there, so there's where anytime you get somebody involved, it's usually something. No, most of the time you get Will Ferrell involved, it's 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 generally going to be good. Yeah. So love it's it. at least going to be funny. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I like that. One. Yep. Okay. You go. Um, one I liked, I loved the Sam Adams Wicked Hazy IPA where they <laughs> was... made fun of the Bud's, Budweiser Clydesdales. So Budweiser, as you said, did not have an ad. Now Anheuser-Busch had ads and we will get to that. Yeah. Oh, trust me, we're getting to that. Okay. Um, but the... Uh, the Budweiser brand did not have the traditional Clydesdales and all the things yeah. you normally see. And I love that. It was a funny commercial where somebody released the uh, oh. generic Clydesdales and downtown Your cousin Boston. from Boston. Yeah. yeah. It was that guy. And they, they <laughs> caused all sorts of mayhem. I thought that one was great. I love that one. I actually have that one down as I thought it was timely. It was super funny. I thought yep. it was just a great use of it. So yeah, I'm with you on yep. that one. I'll give you a couple more quick ones. Cause I actually want to yeah. hear, you seem like you are super prepared on this. So I'm going to, no, no, so, no. so I loved, I loved the one uh, from State Farm. Drake yes. from State Farm. Yes. That was, I mean, they built upon the whole thing of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Paul Rudd was yeah. Patrick Mahomes. And like, but then they turn around and Drake from State Farm. It's like they've been building upon that for years. And then yeah. all of a sudden, I thought that cash in was. Great. I thought that was brilliant. It was very funny. It was quick and funny. I love that one. Let me tell you one I didn't like, Kirby. Okay. Okay. The Uber Eats Wayne's World one. Okay. Um, I wanted to like it because yep. obviously we're of that generation where Wayne's World has a meaning to us. Yep. I don't know how many surgeries Mike Myers has had on his face, but it's about 72 too many. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was just weird. It felt weird to me. Yeah. It felt, yeah. I'm with you on that one. That one felt a little contrived. I, it, I'll be honest with you. I didn't hate that one as much just because like I was actually, it's a little bit like uh, Cobra Kai for me. Yeah. I'm going to forgive a lot of stuff just because it made me smile. Yeah, so, that one was in the bad category for me. It was just like, but, eh, but, but, can I just good. say, Yeah, here's why it was bad. I had no idea it was for Uber Eats. There you go. Just now. There you go. <laughs> like, just, All right. What's another one you didn't like? You had, you said you had a couple down. Well, the big one was Oatly. Uh, yeah. Oatly. That's un- I, 
Yeah, yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. Well, it was no, it was super talked about, like in, in in that way, like you can say, oh, it was uh, it was really well uh, spoken about on the internet and it's viral. I think people either loved it or hated it. I thought it was super annoying, and I don't think it. It's not one of those ads that I ever want to see again. And so that was that was one of the ones I really didn't like, and that was one of the main ones I didn't like. It was dumb, Kirby. I looked at that thing and I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Yep. It sent me into a deep hypnosis that yep. I'm still not sure I've recovered from. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that one. A couple other ones I didn't like. Did not like the uh, flat Matthew McConaughey. That yeah. thing creeped me the hell out. <laughs> and it was like a 60-second commercial. It's like, after the first 15 seconds, got it. You're flat. You need something 3D. Perhaps like a Dorito. Understood. Move it along. Yeah, that yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I get you. I, I didn't mind that one. It could have been quicker. I'm with you on that one. But I actually thought it was a good use of. And, and I like Matthew McConaughey, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, I will. And but the idea of the 3D thing, I, I, it was it. It pertained to the product. So it was All right. Fine. So two two other ones. Uh, the Bud Light Legends commercial. I didn't love that one. You want to know why? Why? Everybody loves that commercial. Who is the most famous spokesperson for Bud Light in the history of the brand? Spuds McKenzie. Oh, not okay. in the commercial. Yeah, he and was. I'm sure, and I'm sure it has something to do with that it was too cutesy and too cartoony and it was appealed to kids or something like that. But the fact that you didn't have Spuds McKenzie in that commercial made that commercial completely meaningless to me. Okay, all right. That, that commercial is dead to you. I'm down. Dead okay. to me. And then the, the last one, the Skechers one with Tony Romo, wasn't it bad enough that I had to listen to him the whole game that I needed to see a commercial of him? And I love the quarterback, Tony Romo. Yeah. But there was a commercial with him and his wife yeah. where they're talking about how comfortable Skechers were. And it was like 30 seconds long and it was so bad. I mean, I already have to listen to Tony Romo go, oh, we, Jim, here we go. I don't want to hear him on a commercial. I don't. Yeah. Well, my thing was, is I've seen that commercial. Like that's not a new commercial. I'd seen that many times before. So if, if you're rolling out, if you're going to spend $5.5 million, I mean, maybe, maybe do some new creative. That would be my take on that. Um, I liked um, the one other one that I, I did like that I kind of wrote mm -hmm. down was work, uh, Dolly Parton working yep. five to nine, sort of the side hustle piece. I thought that was a good, good ad, good message. Like it yep. all tied together for Squarespace, which made sense to me. I thought that was good. Yeah. And did we mention the one last one I liked, the Rocket Mortgage one? Which I don't one? think so. I don't think so. Certain is better, where it was Tracy Morgan sitting in a bathtub when people were looking at a house. Oh, and they're, they're, I forgot. And, and they're not sure. He goes, well, I'm pretty sure. And you know, I'm pretty sure. The, I'm sure these these hornets aren't the murdering kind. Oh, that <laughs> yeah, was yeah. so great. That, yeah, was, that was really good. funny. Yeah, I think that that's one they can play off of for an entire year. I don't think they'd ever run out of material. Yep, that was good. All right. So you know what else we're never going to run out of, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Our favorite thing in the whole world, and that's the promotional product. I bet you have one right on your desk you'd like to share with us. I do. I do. I'm excited about it. So this is just a, a small one, but a goodie. It's called the Bambooey. So it is actually a mechanical pencil, which I mm -hmm. love mechanical pencils. Obviously, pens are are wonderful, but I am one of those people that if I get a mechanical pencil, I hang on to it because there aren't that many of them. It's actually what I talk to my customers about. I'm like, when people who love mechanical pencils, they will hang on to them because they love yeah. them. This is made 100% uh, bam recycled bamboo. It's 100 minimum, buck 65 on special right now. 
the bambooey from gold star so that's a good wow one. that's really cool and i think it's very cool that they named it after uh, howard Stern's sidekick the baba booey i think <laughs> that's right oh i'm sorry the bambooey i misunderstood yeah so and i got my logo on it so you know i like it <laughs> i do like I, i'm sure of course you do all right kirby do you like pancakes yeah, I do actually. Excellent. I knew you did. So I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm sure you remember when all the George Floyd thing happened in the summer, a lot of brands who had, let's call it uh, racially insensitive mm -hmm. branding yeah. kind of finally peeled back a lot of that. And one of them was Aunt Jemima, if you remember that. Right. Um, so they've unveiled their new name after okay. an exhaustive search are you ready? Have you seen this? Are you ready? I have not. <laughs> it is going to be called the Pearl Milling Company. Kirby will replace Aunt Jemima on the old brand's packaging. It's gonna have it's gonna have a sticker on there that says the same great taste as Aunt Jemima. So you're still referencing something that's horrifically <laughs> racist. But it's the Pearl Milling Company. It's gonna launch in June. And I know you're wondering, well, gee, Bill, where does that name come from? I'm glad you silently asked me, Kirby. <laughs> I, I asked with my eyes. <laughs> the Pearl Milling Company was a late 19th century uh, business that created the original ready-made pancake mix. Okay. So uh, they're owned by PepsiCo. Quaker Oats is owned by PepsiCo. So would you like to hear this statement from the spokespeople at PepsiCo? Yeah. You seem exhausted already. I love it. <laughs> The name is a nod to where our delicious products began before becoming a family favorite breakfast staple. While, Aunt Jemima, while the Aunt Jemima brand was updated over the years in a manner intended to remove racial stereotypes, it has not progressed enough to appropriately reflect the dignity, respect, and warmth we stand for today. Would you like to call bullshit or should I do it? <laughs> I, this is, to me, this is just, I, and again, you've had more time to think about this, but this is yeah. classic, classic overthinking, right? Like it's, and it, 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 and it, not because of taking away the Aunt Jemima thing, if that is the decision that was made, I, I totally respect that. Like, gee, many Christmas, can we make, why don't we just call it the generic? Like yeah, there's, there's absolutely no, like, especially with big brands, I feel like when they go to rebrand something, especially like this, it's like, they can't be edgy at all. Correct. <laughs> I, I agree with you. So to me, it's classic overthinking that was preceded by decades of underthinking. Right. The fact that nobody looked at that package and says, that really it looks racist to me. Yeah. We've all felt that way. I think we've all seen the caricature of Aunt Jemima, the name Aunt Jemima, it feels very inappropriate, Right. But to go with the Pearl Milling Company? Like, here's there's... what I would say. Here's what I'd say. You literally had to look down. You've been talking about that I know. For, for five minutes, and it's so damn immemorable. You were yeah. like, what the hell company are we talking about? Well, and here's the thing, too. And it feels a little disingenuous because, like, oh, it doesn't reflect who we are. Absolutely, it does. You were cool with Aunt Jemima for years, and you knew it wasn't probably the best way to go. And what's interesting is the packaging, and I, I don't know if we'll use this for the cover or not this week, the packaging is exactly the same, with exactly the same colors, with a label on there, same great taste as Aunt Jemima. So you're not really working super hard to distance yourself, are you? Yeah. You no, could call, well, why not buy the name Vermont's Best or, uh, you know, yeah. Canadian Honey or whatever. <laughs> you call it something, but yeah, the Pro Milling Company. So, yep. Uh, yeah, so to me, it's a little too late for it, and but it's also gone way too far. 
Yeah. It well, tells again, me nothing I, about the it tells yeah. me nothing about the brand. Yeah. And it's way too late. So to me it's like whatever. Yeah, I don't mind the late. I like it, it, I, to me it's never too late to do the right thing. But okay. and I know that that's sounds that, that 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 sounds a little cheeky, but like fine. You you want to get it right? Get it right. I'll I'll give you grace, but Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean you my, our our new syrup's called the. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing though. I, I agree. It's never too late to do the right thing. You're, that's a great comment. That's a great statement. That should open up our podcast this week, actually. But here's the thing. When you have a company spokesperson saying, while the Antimima brand was updated over the years in a manner intended to remove racial stereotypes, please, please, <laughs> just pandering. Come out and say, you know what? We're wrong. We've been wrong for decades. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you, you know what it take is. Take a it's, stand. Have yeah, an actual that's, opinion. That's exactly that. You're right. I, I like that. And it is funny because I think it, when brands do that, I think it endears you to the people that really yeah. love that. But it alienates you from the other folks. The folks who said no, Aunt Jemima wasn't racist. That is is it's an endearing brand that I've always loved. And blah blah blah. You're going to alienate those folks if yes. you do that. But pick a side. If if yes. you're gonna if you're gonna do it, pick a side. And so absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Kirby got another topic for us. Yeah, we'll do it quick. We're we're actually yep. rocking and rolling here. So okay. I'm, I, this is just this is something that's literally been on my topic list uh, to ask you uh, for okay. the last like four weeks. Um, I'm giddy with anticipation. Yeah. So I and, and there's a headline in LinkedIn this week that says colleges uh, in 2020 lost billions of dollars. That was kind of the headline. Okay. It talked about you know lost revenue and that sort of thing. So it made me kind of, it reminded me of this topic that both of us, you and I both are fans, we're proponents of learning, right? Yes. But there, I have said many times, and I think you agree with me, there's a difference between learning and education. Yes. So I'm curious with the idea that colleges are, are trying to refine their footing. Mm -hmm. Do you have any or desire to go back and get your MBA and what would make you want to? Absolutely not. Nothing. Um, to me... I, I, you know, again, it's probably a raw subject for me and I'll keep my comments as brief as I can, which it's fine. No, go ahead. <laughs> good luck. Um, <laughs> as my kids are deciding what colleges they want to attend. Um, and then you look at the financial impact of what that means and what they get out of it. Um, there's very little return on a college education these days in terms of real financial, uh, you know, good things financially coming out of it. So I don't see the need to ever go back for an MBA. I, I think there are certain disciplines where you need advanced degrees, yep. uh, doctoring, lawyering, engineer, not yep. podcasting, um, that's <laughs> Thank for <God>. sure. <laughs> not branding. Um, but there are certain things I think an advanced degree makes sense. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sorry they've lost money, but they've overpriced themselves out of the market. If I mean, it's their own damn fault. I don't know when the worm turned that even state run schools became profit-making machines for the state, but they did. And it is obscene what college education costs. It is obscene that kids are leaving college with this unbearable debt. Um, it can't be so, bankrupted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you, you could not pay me enough to go back to school. Yeah. I do enough learning on my own, talking to people like you, reading books, uh, listening to podcasts, things like that. I, I can self-educate at this point. I can also self-medicate. <laughs> yeah, no. And again, I think we've actually, I know we've had this conversation yep. off air. I think we've had this conversation on the podcast forum. I, you know, I agree. Um, yep. It's actually, I was, um, 
I don't know if I was early to this conversation, but because my kids are a little bit ahead of you, uh, yeah. your kids, I should say, just in age, I yeah. remember being the anti-parent with Skylar. Um, you know, she wanted to be a dancer and she's like, I want, you know, go to school and dance. And I'm like, I mean, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to be this, this, and this, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but she went for a year, um, did well. But when she came to me and was like, you know, I think I want to just pursue professional dancing. I'm like, dude, I'll fund that. That make that's that's the the learning. So I I was curious to know way. what you thought about that. I'm the same way. Look, um, school college is not a mandatory gun to your head. You better go type yeah. thing for us. It's if what do you want to do? And if you want to go learn to be an auto mechanic, then you should do that. If you want to go be a finish uh, finish carpenter, please go do that. And if you want to go dance, if whatever it is, do that. Yeah. Um, we just, you know, I think the best education you get in college though, is really just learning to become an adult and sure. learning how to deal with situations that are completely unfair. If you have a crappy professor or learning that there are real consequences to not doing your work and things like that, that just don't happen. So that's where the real value of college is, I think. But my pushback to that is if you move on your own and have to support yourself in Chicago or LA or wherever that is. To a degree, you learn that too, because if you don't show up for work, you get fired. If you don't like, there's, there's, you have to do your own laundry. There's, there you, is You do, that. but to push back on your pushback, there's still a little bit of a safety net there, there in is. college where- That's true. And I think that it's a st stair-step thing for me. It's yeah. not just throwing someone in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. But cool. speaking of the deep end of the pool, I believe you have a fun little game for the party in the back, which makes this the mullet of all podcasts, Kirby. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what game we're going to play. I don't know what questions I have to answer, but you know what? I'm fully prepared and unprepared all in the same moment. Let's do it. So here's what I would say. I think my comment about last week, and I just want to say this, like you killed it with that game last week you so over prepared there will never be i just want to prepare you i want to prepare the audience there will never be a time that i spend that much time preparing for this podcast that was amazing like well, you did a great you. job that was, was fun. super fun we, we may have jumped the shark i don't know we may have well <laughs> we jumped the shark a long time ago. <laughs> but with that I, it's, so my game is pretty simple this week right i love a simple game so the game is who would win in a fight who okay. would win in a fight? Are there rules to said fight? Is this a Texas cage match? Is this a MMA or boxing? What are we looking at here? Street I, fight? I think it's just a street fight. Okay. Street fight. Sounds good. And, and I would say, it. if you want to give me an explanation, great. Keep it quick. I got a bunch of them. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go Ready? quick. Tiger or lion? Uh, Tiger. Tiger. Okay. Tiger King or Lion King? Tiger King. <laughs> it's really? All right. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? uh brady no give up okay <laughs> brad pitt or george clooney the audience <laughs> the audience okay i, th I think the, the thing about that one is it actually happened on screen so people yeah i i go i go with honestly i'd go with pitt although i'd prefer clooney to win okay but uh, i love it uh thor or hulk oh hulk for days please yeah okay wonder woman or flash flash he, she'd never catch him Oh, I think Wonder Woman would crush him. Never. Uh, Mark or Catherine Graham? Oh, Catherine Graham. I, I, that's not even a contest. Yeah, I, I was kind of with you on that one. Danny Rosen or Robert Fiveash? Uh, Fiveash. Fiveash. Yeah. It'd be close. It'd be close. But Fiveash, little known fact, fight sturdy. <laughs> Mandy Rudd or Paul Rudd? Oh, Mandy Rudd. Yeah. Mandy Rudd. Mandy Rudd would beat up Ant-Man. 
I absolutely. Okay. I absolutely. Like She'd step on him. Are you okay. kidding me? <laughs> okay. Final one. Bill Petrie or Kirby Hosman? Kirby Hosman. I'm a you know why? Why? I'm a lover, Kirby, not a fighter, but thank you for knowing that. <laughs> And as we also love our good pals over at Promo Pulse. That's right. That's right. That's right. Our one-stop shop. I got to find the copy as I vamp here just for a minute. Your one-stop shop for all things promotional on your cell phone. Where are you getting your ideas, your inspiration, your information? That's right. Right there. You scroll. It's the best app. It's basically the only really app you need for the promotional products industry. Download it. It's convenient, free to use. Get that personalized experience. You get the daily pulse to get your client uh, ideas for your client every single morning. There's supplier specials on there. There's content on there. There's every single thing you need. Head over to your local app store right now and download it to your cellular device and use it every day. Kirby, I want to thank you for having the courage to do this podcast with me. Episode number 34 minus two. Looking forward to episode 35 minus two next week. Thanks, man. That's right.